Welcome to Girl Meets 30, a podcast exploring the unexpected journey to becoming a 30-something. Hi, I'm your host, Tara, here to share experiences from my 20s that have changed my life, while also interviewing others about their journeys. Through these conversations, I hope to inspire you to choose your best life and to prove you're not alone if you're feeling like life has taken you somewhere totally different than where you expected. In this space, we define our own success. Hey, what's up, you guys? Happy Monday. I'm finally back to feeling a bit more like myself, returning to my normal level of productivity. Honestly, maybe even a bit more since I've just been feeling really motivated and happy to be back to my normal self for the most part. So woohoo, that's really exciting. I'm pumped about that. For this week's Monday Moment of Gratitude, Mike's response was that he is happy about the quality time that he gets to spend with his friends. This is just one of those things that I I think sometimes is very easy to take for granted. And I appreciate that Mike has taken the extra time to express this gratitude today. So thank you so much, Mike. Hopefully we can all take some time this week to be grateful for our friends and family and you know, just the time that we're able to get with them. I think in the past couple of years, a lot of us have become more aware of just how much we do appreciate that time with our friends or our family. At least I know that I have. I mentioned this in the last episode, but for me, being alone can be pretty draining. It's just kind of who I am and getting around people is how I recharge. So while I do think that some people may have been more equipped to handle these last two years of not being around people as much, I think I'd still assume that to some degree we do all appreciate that time we have with others a bit more than two years ago, for example. Primarily just because it's become so much more rare, so I think that we take it for granted a bit less, but I guess I can only speak for myself. So definitely let me know how you have felt. I'm curious to see how this varies if you're more of an introvert or an extrovert and how this whole thing has kind of played out for you. So I'll be sure to put a question on Instagram sometime this week, so be on the lookout for that. As for me, this past week, I'll be honest, was a little bit harder to think of something. Not because anything was particularly bad, it really wasn't. But I didn't do too much either, other than sit at home and play catch up on all of my work since I missed so much in the last couple weeks. It has been really nice getting back to normal, for the most part, and to have a little more clarity from all of the recent brain fog I've been experiencing, but I certainly haven't done anything exciting or out of the ordinary this week. Though maybe that in itself is something to be grateful for. The reason I'm sharing this in this way is because maybe it isn't always obvious something new or different to be grateful for, and that's okay. Sometimes we just have to dig a little bit deeper and also find gratitude in the normal, everyday things. These are the things that make life beautiful, you know, like (laughs) the simple things like cuddling with our, our pets or building deeper connections with our students even though we have class with them every single day, or being able to move our bodies and get active, having access to clean water and and foods that can nourish your body and your brain. I feel like this list could go on for a long time, but I do think that it's important that we do take some time to be grateful for those things that we have every day. And I also just want to be totally transparent here too. It's not always easy for me to think of something right away that I've been grateful for, but it's something that I do try to do. And I'm sure that when I post these gratitude questions on Instagram, on my stories, that sometimes people just scroll through because, well, probably because responding isn't a priority and it takes up time, which is totally acceptable. It's your life. You do you. 
But for some people, they might just have a hard time thinking of something in that moment and decide not to do it. And I just wanted to say that that's okay and that I can relate. That's how it is for me this week. I've kind of had to talk it through with myself here to come to a decision. So while there are many everyday things to appreciate, I think for this week, I'm going to have to go with simply connecting with my students during our classes. I do feel like I had several really great classes this week with a couple of my students that were clear relationship builders. Like we are understanding each other better and interacting more effectively in our digital classroom, which isn't always the easiest thing to do on a computer screen. So any time that this teacher-student relationship can improve, especially through virtual classes, it definitely seems to be really helpful overall. So yeah, I guess that's uh, one of the things that I'm grateful for this week. All right, so be sure to hop on over to my Instagram stories if you're listening on Monday and be sure to share with us your highlights for the week or honestly just any old everyday thing that you're grateful for. All right, so about a week ago, my oldest brother turned 39 and he was on pretty decent behavior for the evening, so I decided to ask him for some advice. We aren't the closest knit family in general. I grew up with three brothers, so talking about emotions and asking for advice wasn't really a common occurrence. But every now and again, these kind of moments would manage to work their way into our lives, sometimes met with respect and love, and other times totally unwanted and unappreciated. Typically when that advice was unsolicited, regardless of intentions. However, this particular time, I decided to ask my brother for advice. He's entering his last year of his 30s, and I wanted to know what he learned from this decade of his life. What lessons or advice could he offer someone about to enter their 30s? Essentially, his advice was not to take your body for granted and treat it with respect and love because the decisions you make to do or not do something have compounding effects, becoming more and more apparent over time. So each passing day, week, month, year that you put off paying attention to your health adds up. And this is true for all aspects of health, from mental health to building habits to educating yourself to staying active to slowing down to meditation, stretching, eating right, etc. I firmly believe health is a holistic thing, so his advice to take care of yourself today so you can be healthy long term applies all around in my opinion. And maybe I'm paraphrasing a bit from exactly what he said, as we did end up in a pretty lengthy discussion about wellness that even my little brother joined into, and all three of us have pretty conflicting ideas of what healthy means to us. And so naturally, when we hear things, we're actually hearing them through our own lens, our own eyes, our own ears, our own brain, and how we take this advice and apply it ourselves. My little brother got that he needs to stretch more out of that advice, (laughs) which honestly is probably a great way of interpreting that for him because it does make it a more of a holistic approach to health. It's not something that he does regularly, and if he doesn't want that to add up over time, it's a good idea for him to start working on stretching a bit more. I definitely approach things, like I said, in a much more holistic, all-encompassing kind of way, so the way I interpreted that applies, like I said, in a variety of ways. So this is kind of how I took his advice. Your 30s is the time to take care of yourself and set yourself up for a healthy 40s and 50s. 
in our 20s, many of us probably felt like we could do whatever we wanted to and eat whatever without seeing much change overall. But eventually, those less intentional behaviors become unhealthy habits, and now we may be starting to see those effects. So basically, take this time to take care of yourself, not to get ready for hot girl summer or anything like that, not my brother's words either, (laughs) but to set yourself up for a healthy future that can support you in a variety of ways and to get ahead of things before they become more challenging to bounce back from. We are still fairly resilient in our early 30s when it comes to health, but it's definitely different than in our 20s. And everyone will be different, of course, but it generally doesn't get easier over time unless you are actively making better choices than you did in your 20s. Then it's possible to even be in the best shape of your life in your 30s, as long as you're being intentional, you know? So anyway, this is advice that I plan to try my best to take and apply to my life and my future just out of love for the person that I'm going to be in 10 or 20 years. Okay, so I'm sure that the experiences I had with health in my 20s certainly shaped the way that I interpreted my brother's advice and the way that I will apply it. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about my health journey, one, to make sure you guys kind of understand where I'm coming from, but also because I plan to kind of take you guys along on this journey as we go and as we all keep learning more about ourselves. So I think it's important to share and help you guys understand the aspects of health and wellness that I'm really passionate about. So hopefully... I'd love to really do some deeper dives on these different areas um, in future episodes. I'll try to be brief about my history because I know that in general I can be a bit long-winded, but I still want to give some context for everyone about my journey and, you know, where I've been, where I'm at now, and what I hope to accomplish in the future. So basically, I was a child that never ate anything. I lived off of a diet of, like, maybe three foods. I was an incredibly picky eater, and I remember having a lot of stomach issues. And some of that was in large part because of my anxiety. It would give me a very anxious stomach. But other times it was not relating to that. So I couldn't really figure it out. And we just as a family decided it was apparently because I ate too much. And sure, I would occasionally gorge myself on foods that I liked because I rarely had meals that I enjoyed. So in those cases, I definitely ate too much. I am 100% aware of that, but it was more frequent than that. And as I've gotten older and more in tune with my body, I'm realizing that a lot of the beliefs that I had around food back then were likely a cause of the fact that I have trouble digesting about 80% of the food available in America, which is something I never would have realized if I hadn't done as much traveling as I have. Now, America isn't the only country where I struggle with food, but it is one of the few. So now that I know this and I can understand how like strongly I react to food here, I often wonder if that's why I chose not to eat so many different foods as a kid. I mean, yes, I definitely was a picky eater, but a lot of things just made me not feel well. So I do wonder if some of that stemmed from me realizing at a young age how sick I felt. I do know that's exactly why I didn't consume chocolate for most of my life, but chocolate was far more obvious. My body just straight up rejects chocolate. I can't have it. It's like an an allergy. It's an immediate reaction. And I know that I realized that at a really young age, and I spent my whole life just saying I didn't like chocolate. I really didn't start to consume much chocolate until I was in my mid-20s and I was living in China, and it was just kind of a way of me to get in touch, I guess, with America but it still made me sick. But I started to realize that I do actually enjoy chocolate and that likely I probably enjoyed chocolate back then too, but I didn't like the way that it made me feel and that overpowered it. And so I just stopped 
eating it. I did know that that made me sick because within like five minutes or less, I would have a reaction. And it was just like of like a bite or two of chocolate. With food, it was a little bit harder to pinpoint because it wasn't one specific food and it didn't happen immediately. It was usually within like 15 to 20, maybe even 30 minutes. And so at that point, I'd already consumed quite a bit of the food, and yeah, I don't know. I was just always sick. And since it always came at the end, we just kind of assumed that I had just had too much, and then I was feeling sick. And then due to my pickiness, I didn't eat any, like, fruits or vegetables, and it wasn't really, like, a main priority in our house either. My relationship with fruits and vegetables didn't really change until I had lived in France for a few months while studying abroad. That was the first time in my life that I really ever ate any veggies. And the reason for me finally starting was because I was on a budget and I was kind of forced to eat healthy as it was far cheaper and way more convenient than getting the unhealthy options. In addition to that, I was living in a place that promoted walking on a day-to-day basis rather than driving everywhere. And so when I left France, not only had I lost weight, but my skin had this kind of like glow to it and I just felt better all around. But this also meant that when I came back to America, I had issues digesting any food for a couple of months, which actually turned out to be a pattern that I began to notice the more I got outside of the country. My time in France taught me how to eat better and how to try new foods, but also set a clear example for me that lifestyle is wildly impactful and, in my opinion, more so than dieting or going to the gym. And it also taught me how easy it can be to feel healthy through just some simple changes that don't have to feel like a lot of work. And probably most importantly, it taught me that healthy food could taste good. I had never imagined that possible before, and now I look back on that thought and I, I just feel sad about it. Like, that, that hurts. And I know that there's a lot of people who don't know that healthy food can be delicious and super tasty. But I just think like, man, how little I knew. I mean, seriously, my mouth waters thinking about the salads that I consumed when I was studying abroad. (laughs) And it's been eight and a half years and I still crave those. In addition to that, I learned how different the quality of food that we have available to us here in the U.S. is, which is just another sad truth that isn't always easy to see when it's all that you've ever known. But when you experience it firsthand, you're like, oh, no, I get it. (laughs) Wow. And when you really start to, like, realize how hard it is to digest some of the foods after you come back, it speaks pretty strongly, I feel like. But anyway, I came home, and like I said, I really struggled for a while just readapting to our food again. But at least now I had healthier options since I had learned to eat veggies finally. Hooray! Yay! Go me! And that shift in perspective was very important. My pickiness began to fade a bit as I tried more and more foods, and I now had less of a fearful relationship with food, which is a good thing. We, we don't want to be afraid of our food, <laughs> especially when the food that you're afraid of is nourishment. Now, it'd be totally different if we were talking about our ancestors who had, you know, managed to time travel to our time and walk into a grocery store. They have every right to be afraid of our food. <laughs> But anyway, the point is I could now enjoy more foods than ever before, and I was far from perfect in that department. As I mentioned before, it can be very hard to break old habits. Nonetheless, it was major progress. Soon enough, I was abroad again and challenging my relationship with food in a different way. I was in China and learning to eat authentic Chinese food, some of which I loved, some of which I didn't care for at all, some of which I didn't want to try. I'm not a foodie, I'm not that type of person, but it is something that I do work on. I am aware that it's an area I still have to improve, but it is worlds different than what I was prior to studying abroad in France. 
It definitely did take me some time to try new things too. I won't lie. My first year, I tried a lot less food than I did my second or third year, but my mentality around food was definitely growing and evolving, and it just might not have been doing that as quickly as my other life experiences were. But I did travel to a lot of different countries, tried a lot of new foods, and I really began to realize how different foods made me feel, and different foods in different countries, or the same food in different countries. (laughs) But then when I finally returned home to the U.S. after about three and a half years of being abroad, I was sick for about six months straight. And like anything that I consumed that wasn't fresh fruits or vegetables did a number on me. It was horrible. And that's when I decided to learn more about holistic health by attending the Institute for Integrative Nutrition so that I could get certified in its health coach training program and also in its gut health course. These two certifications helped me learn a lot about food and the gut microbiome, but they also just helped me understand health as a whole. So while I ultimately decided that health coaching might not be for me, I did learn so much that changed the way that I looked at health and wellness, and it just left me far more equipped to understand my body than ever before and to just appreciate it a whole lot more. I feel much more balanced and at peace with my body, and I understand how the different decisions that I make affect it. And for me, all of that has made it worth it. So now that you guys know pretty much my whole story, I'm still working on applying a lot of that information that I've learned into my life regularly. Anyone who's tried to break old habits knows that it's not the easiest thing, but it can be done. Personally, I think as long as you have patience and some grace with yourself, that that is what's most important so that you're able to be forgiving and resilient and you don't just shame yourself for missing your goals or indulging and then just give up because you don't think you can do it. Plus, that's typically not productive in the long term and isn't the greatest for your mental health. Though I can't speak for everyone because some people are negatively motivated, so maybe that does work for you. I'm not really sure. If you're somebody that knows that you respond better to negative reinforcement as opposed to positive reinforcement, I'd be really curious to know your opinion on that. But from my perspective, it can definitely have some damaging impacts, so it usually isn't how I'd recommend treating yourself. But that's just my opinion. Other than learning that it takes hard work, consistency, and a bit of self-discipline to break habits and rebuild new ones, which is easier said than done, I've also learned quite a few other lessons in the last 10 years that I'm super excited to take with me into my 30s and to keep building on and keep improving. So one of the first things that I consider to be most important is how to manage stress and how to prioritize my mental health. I used to think that stress was something to be worn as a badge of honor, I guess. I don't know why I felt that way. I just felt like it was something I should be proud of and that it was like motivating. I liked having stress. There must have been some kind of conditioning there that made me feel that way. And I do believe that there is such thing as positive stress, but I don't think that that's necessarily what I was experiencing when I was calling it a positive thing. So in my 20s, I definitely learned the importance of yoga, meditating, journaling regularly, getting plenty of sleep, making sure that I had plenty of creative outlets and always trying new things. That way I could see what was working for me. And this is probably the most important thing, but taking breaks and sometimes even scheduling breaks. I had to encourage myself regularly not to be a workaholic. And I do think that I am a lot better than I have been before, but it's something that I hope to continue to improve in my 30s. 
I think the second thing is probably an improved relationship with alcohol. I didn't really drink until I was 21. I was that person. But I did spend a few years of my life after that partying quite a bit. And I don't know. It's just I think I had my fill. Like, I think a few years of that was enough for me. I didn't really need any more of it. And I'll still occasionally go out and do that sort of thing with friends, but it's really not a regular thing for me. And it's certainly not the default way of hanging out. And I also prefer to have like quality drinks rather than like drinking and drinking and drinking and playing games and drinking and drinking. And like, sure, that's fun every now and again, but I don't handle the next day the same way that I used to. And in general, it's just far more enjoyable, I think, for me to just like sit around with friends, very casual, and just have some drinks or like go to a bar or something and just like chill and have a drink. That being said, I honestly probably have alcohol like once every three months at this point. So I really almost don't drink at all. Though I'm sure part of that has something to do with just having limited social time still at this point. So anyway, like I mentioned before, I also learned the importance of sleep. And this one kind of gets its own little bullet point because I would really love to go into the importance of this at some point. I think that a lot of times we don't put enough value on this. So it's not something that I ever used to think of as being that important, which may kind of sound stupid, but I was definitely one of those people that thought that I functioned best on like four to six hours of sleep. And I kind of live by that mentality pretty much my entire life until three to four years ago. And it's something that I am still working on, but again, a lot better. And so much so that like I used to not be able to fall asleep without watching like hours of television. And now I have such a good routine and such a healthy relationship with my bed that like as soon as I lay down, I'm out within like five minutes. So it's great. Usually, honestly, within like two. My body understands the very strong signals. They're like, oh, it's bedtime. And then just out. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. I really love it. I think one of the other things that changed is that instead of me wanting to like work out and go to the gym, I prefer to move my body in a more natural way and just do it more consistently. So trying to make it more of a part of my lifestyle rather than like a workout routine that I have to commit to. If you're somebody who does have a workout routine and you're committed to that, I think that's fantastic. But I don't think that it's for everyone. I think that can be a little bit challenging when we could just work in more regular movement into taking the stairs or going for hikes or walks in the park or something and just just getting out and moving and going swimming and jump roping and just doing things that like you consider fun kind of movement playing sports with friends there are so many ways to just get active that don't feel like you're working out I think that's the kind of thing that can have really long-term impacts because it's very sustainable having a strict workout routine isn't necessarily the most sustainable thing for everyone obviously as mentioned before building a better relationship with food has been a huge part of my 20s It's not an area that I'm perfect in. I will be the first to say that, but I do feel like I'm headed in the right direction. And also, I know that I need to work on my meal planning skills and my cooking skills because that's usually what keeps me from sticking with those habits. I think another thing I've learned in the last 10 years is how important it is to invest in your health. Especially at the beginning of my 20s, I didn't. I didn't see the point in investing in my health. And now, in all aspects of health, I am more than willing to fork over the money because I understand how important it is. Yeah, and that applies to the food that we eat, our exercise, sleep quality, and even our mental health. All of these things are worth investing in. The next point I think would be just learning to listen to my body and understanding it better. So I hope this is true for everyone, but I hope that the longer that you're in your body, the more that you start to understand it and respect it and realize that what's happening internally is way more important than what we think we know in our brains. And I think a lot of times if we just learn to kind of tune in, our body knows a lot more than what we've read in a textbook or something about health. 
read on a website or watched in a YouTube video. So I'm all about getting to know that side of you and being a little bit more intuitive. But I'm also aware that that's kind of like a muscle you have to work is listening to that because we do get bogged down by a lot of other information and stimuli. And it, it's not the easiest thing to tune into, but it is definitely something worth taking time to work on. You know, just like learning how to focus and, and respect your body by slowing down and hydrating and sleeping and just really kind of getting back to the basics and making sure that you're giving yourself the nourishment that you need. Another thing in that regard is taking the time to understand your body as a woman. I feel like something that's not talked about enough is our cycles. And there are plenty of books and podcasts and stuff out there, but it is not something that like is widely discussed. And there is so much that relates to our cycles when it comes to our productivity, our mood, our exercise levels, our cravings, and so on. And so I think that if you didn't start learning about that in your 20s, your 30s is a really good time to really focus on trying to understand that system and how it affects us. So just a few more things here. I think one of the other major things that has been really helpful to me is simply improving my relationship with social media. I feel like I try really hard to curate my social media experience. I don't necessarily use it as a social thing. So I will occasionally interact with messages and things, but it is not my priority when I'm on the apps. I use it a lot for education and for inspiration more than anything. And so I am very intentional with the accounts that I interact with, that I repost, that I comment on, or that I like because I understand that the algorithm is going to show me more of what I interact with. And so that's something that I do try to be very, very intentional about. And I think that that has helped me to, one, have a very positive social media experience, but also that I don't get addicted. I don't like crave it. I don't need that all the time because I'm not really in it for like this dopamine hit, you know? But that's definitely something that we can talk about more in another episode too, if that's something that any of you guys are curious about, you know, working on trying to improve that connection with social media. I do feel like social media has the potential to be either incredibly damaging or incredibly helpful. So it's kind of in our hands what we decide to use it for. I'm also really big on using natural products, and that's probably something in like the last five years that I've changed. This may be very specific to some more than others, definitely a little more niche, but it has been a huge game changer for me. I've realized how strongly my physical health is impacted by the products that I put on my body, not just the food that I put in my body. I mean, after all, your skin is your largest organ, so it is very important to pay attention to what we're putting on it and what we're putting in our environment that our skin interacts with. Everyone may have different opinions on the importance of this, but for me personally, it has definitely been very clear the impacts that the products that I put on me have. I've noticed a huge difference in how my skin, my hair, my lips, everything feels just based solely on the impact of changing what I use to more natural products. And the very last thing would just be wanting to be healthy just to be healthy. I mean, I remember going on a date a couple years ago with somebody and I was doing this weight loss challenge with my family and we were talking about body weight at one point and how those numbers just really weren't that important because ultimately I felt good and balanced and healthy, pretty much better than I could ever remember feeling, even if I wasn't at my lowest weight. And his response is that feeling happy and healthy was all that mattered. And you don't always get that coming from people who spend quite a bit of time in the gym. There can be a lot of toxicity in the world of fitness, not with everyone, but it definitely does 
does exist. So in my opinion, I was like super pleased to hear this guy say that because he was being so encouraging and supportive of just loving where you're at as long as you're feeling good. And I just feel that's the most important thing too. So it was a, a nice conversation. But it's true that different people value different things, especially when it comes to health. And there really isn't a one size fits all diet or exercise routine. So one of the cool things about living through your 20s and being in your 30s is, like I said, understanding your body a little bit better and figuring out what approach to health works for you and what's best for you. But that's that approach to health. Health is the key word there. So as long as you're making healthy choices for yourself mentally or physically or whatever makes you feel healthy, then I support it. I also think that there's a really big difference between being motivated by external factors like appearances and how other people might see you compared to being motivated by internal factors like mental health, reducing brain fog, combating inflammation in the body, feeling strong enough to enjoy all these different experiences you want to have with your friends and family. I mean, this list could go on for quite a while, and I think that as long as your motivation for being healthy comes from that type of place rather than the negative place, then it's such a beautiful thing and is far more rewarding and sustainable sustainable and should never be shamed. I know that health in general is a very divisive topic at the moment, but I'm of the mind that as long as you're doing what makes you feel healthy, and everyone's definition of health can be different, but what makes you feel healthy is most important. Health should be about health, not whatever else society and beauty standards try to make us feel insecure about. So don't get me wrong here, I'm all for loving the body that you're in. You are all beautiful, but I'm also just a lover of humans and believe that we all deserve to feel our best. And ultimately, only you know what that means for you. But I do feel like it needs to be said, and I know this can be a bit controversial at the moment, but it's important to recognize that it is possible to choose to make health and wellness changes even if they do ultimately lead to weight loss, purely out of love for yourself and your body. It doesn't have to be motivated by self-hatred or insecurities or external factors. Can it be? Sure. Is it common? Yeah, definitely. But that isn't the case for everyone. And I feel like there's already this really strong movement for making healthy choices because you do love yourself and your body. And that's the mind frame I hope we can all be in because it's what we all deserve. And I know that it's a very complicated topic and I definitely see both sides, but I just think it's most important that we listen to our bodies, love our bodies, and do what feels best for us and that we don't shame anybody either way. So those are some of the major lessons that I would say I consider the most valuable that I learned in my 20s regarding health, but I'd actually really love to know what lessons you've all learned as well. Can you relate to any of these? Which ones seem most important or impactful to you? And do you have anything that you would add to this list? All right, so to wrap things up, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm working on in my 30s. So while I am really happy with a lot of the progress that I've made, I certainly am aware that I have things that I'm still working on and also things that I am looking forward to in my 30s. So sure, there's definitely some truth to the fact that we are aging and things just don't necessarily work the way that they used to. And maybe we've even done a little bit of damage thinking our youth would save us, but that doesn't mean that you can't be healthier in your 30s than you were in your 20s. 
I know that I have a lot of room to grow from my past experiences and the way that I have lived in my 20s. And I think that all of us can use what we've learned in that time period and use it for good in the future and help us improve how we feel. So I feel like I've learned a lot about myself and I am eager to keep learning and growing and applying new things, but there's a lot more to address about health at this point in my life. Firstly, I am excited to just pay more attention to what motivates me and really get more in touch with that. Um, I've started to realize that me giving myself rewards is really helpful. I think often as an adult who makes their own money, we have a tendency to spend whenever we want to because technically we can. But I think there is something to be said about using it as a way to motivate yourself. So saying like, hey, if I accomplish this, then I can reward myself with this. And if you're somebody who responds better to negative reinforcement, then maybe you also have a sort of punishment in a way, I guess, you know, if that's what works for you. When I decided I wanted to start running, I gave myself both a reward and a punishment so I could kind of see what motivated me more. And I honestly think maybe I was a little bit more motivated by the negative one, but I think that I was motivated by both. My reward for running for a certain period of time was to get myself some new running shoes. I made that a relatively small goal specifically because I knew that having good shoes was important for running. And so I didn't want to be running on bad shoes for too long, but it definitely was motivating. And then my other one was if I didn't reach my goal by a certain period of time that I wouldn't have been allowed to take my trip to Texas. And it worked for me. Both of those things worked. So I think like figuring out how you work and what you respond well to and what you don't respond well to is really important. And I'm excited to explore that a bit more and also to explore the art of building habits as opposed to setting routines and trying to manage those and then wondering why things fall through. I really want to make a lot of my healthy behaviors more automatic so that they don't really require any willpower. I just do them. So I'll be sure to keep you guys posted on that and how that's working for me. Of course, I plan to still continue to invest in my health. That's something that I was really excited about in my 20s, and I'm definitely excited to continue with that in my 30s. I just think it's so important to prioritize our health and, you know, not to feel guilty for spending money on that sort of thing because it is an investment and it's something that's actually worthwhile. So early in my 20s, I just kind of wanted to do the budget-friendly thing or whatever was convenient regardless of the nutritional content or the long-term effects of it. And it's really only been in the last three years that I've started to prioritize the spending and I am definitely looking forward to doing more of it in the future. And on a related note would be prioritizing my sleep and investing in that as well. So I finally invested in a new mattress recently and new high quality pillows and bedding. And I did spend quite a bit of money, I'm not gonna lie, but I'm perfectly okay with it especially because I've been talking about doing this for a while and I finally got around to it and I just had to ask myself like, hey, what are you waiting for? I spend an average of eight hours a night in my bed. Not much else would have that same return on investment. Like that is super worthwhile. I use it for a third of my life, you know? Sleep is definitely worth investing in. It's a lot easier to do that when you begin to study and understand the importance of sleep. It's not something that I would have considered worth the money several years ago, but in the last few years, my mindset has totally shifted in regards to sleep, and I definitely understand the importance of it a lot more, and I think it's a totally justifiable expense. Also, hydrating more would be a major point. I used to be really good at this, and during the last two years, just with lifestyle changes, I haven't been going very many places anymore, so I don't really carry around my water bottle with me at all times. But I am ready to rebuild this habit again for various health reasons, but also I think, like, as we age, it's important to think about hydration and how that affects our overall health, but also like our hair and our skin. And I mean, it's pretty basic, but it's very important. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm stretching and building more muscle in my 30s. 
I think sometimes it's easy to fall into like a certain type of fitness that you really prefer, but I think it's important to have it be very well-rounded. So it's important to stretch and breathe and tone muscles and have a variety of movements, you know, but also it's important to build our endurance and to actually actively try to build muscle. I once listened to a podcast like five years ago, probably at this point, and I don't remember what the details were or who said it or on which show it was, but what stuck with me was that there was this older athlete and he was talking about how he stays healthy in this very calculated way. He decided what he wanted to be physically capable of doing at like age 75, for example, how strong he wanted to be, how flexible, what kind of mobility and functionality he wanted to have in his life at that age. And then he had this equation that he used to work backward from, which would tell him where he needed to be at each year of his life, factoring in things like bone density and muscles and how those things are affected by age. So this equation was super cool because it told him how he needed to train today and those kind of goals that he needed to set so that by the time he was older, he would be able to still do the things that he wanted to do. And that concept just kind of like blew my mind. I feel like I started applying this in other areas of my life too, especially when setting various like productivity and business goals. But now I want to apply this type of approach towards physical health like he did. I think that that is just brilliant. My equation probably won't be perfect, but I still think that the concept is a fantastic way to set your current and future goals. Just a few more to wrap up this episode. I think having the mindset that I am setting myself up for success in my 40s and 50s, kind of relating to that last point, is going to be really helpful. I think oftentimes we are motivated on a short-term basis when it comes to health, like trying to get fit for the summer or something, rather than having this idea of what making these choices means for us in the long term. And so if I can view the choices that I make in my 30s as something that's going to impact my 40s and 50s, then maybe that kind of mindset will motivate me more to stick with things, just understanding the compound effects of behavior over time. I do plan to continue to stress less and really put myself first and that is something that I'm so excited about in my 30s because I think your 30s are a time where you really start living for yourself and not caring as much about other people. So hooray for being 30. Now I can make choices all for me, which yes, you can do in your 20s, but so many of us, I think we just don't. We're always thinking about other people. So yes, it's beautiful to think about other people, but you also have to prioritize yourself. So some of you may have already figured this out and you've been doing it for a while, but others like me, need to have this kind of milestone in order to start prioritizing ourselves, apparently. So here we are. I am putting myself first, I'm stressing less, and I am making sure that I don't worry about the things that I can't control. And lastly, just kind of showing my body how much I love and respect it, as well as myself, by not breaking the promises that I make to myself. So this is something that I heard once upon a time, and it was another one of those moments where I was just like, like, if somebody told me that they could help with something, and then they didn't help... (laughs) I'd have a hard time believing them the next time that I needed something, but maybe I decide to give them another chance and I ask them and then they fall through again. Each time that they don't do something, my belief that they're going to follow through dwindles and eventually you just kind of stop asking. And I feel like this is an important way to look at the way we communicate with ourselves. 
If you set a goal and tell yourself that you're going to do something and then you don't do it and you repeatedly don't do it, how much trust do you have in yourself the next time that you set a goal Do you think you can accomplish it and that you can do it as opposed to like setting a goal and then completing it each time? And even like if you're not completing it to the best of your ability, but just simply completing it, I think is a huge, huge thing because it just tells yourself that you're going to follow through. And if you just stop doing it, then I, I honestly think that we do start to lose that trust or we start to stop believing that we're going to do the things that we say we're going to do. I don't know. I heard that and it was like this light bulb just went off. And I was like, wow. So I think that it's important to start small and start telling yourself that you're going to do something and then do it and then maybe go a little bit bigger and then do it and then go a little bit bigger and do it because then at that point you're starting to build up your belief in yourself. That like, hey, I said I was going to do this. I did this. It happened. Now I can trust myself to do the next thing. And I think as that trust in yourself starts to shift, I have a feeling that there's a lot that you can do and a lot that you can trust yourself to do. And I don't know. I feel like it could have a really, really big impact. So that is something that I want to work on in my 30s and see how that works. So that's another thing that I will definitely keep you guys posted on. Other than that, those are the things that I'm most excited about and things that I just want to apply during this time period of my life. I am still curious to know though, what kind of things are you thinking? What are you most excited for your 30s? Are there any hurdles that you're worried about in your 30s, but you have some ideas or ways that you think you're going to cope with it? I think this is such a great discussion to have and I think that we can all benefit from talking with each other about this. So please head on over to my Instagram at girl meets 30 and let's have a discussion about this. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of girl meets 30. If you're looking for more ways to engage in these discussions about growing ourselves through this chaotic, beautiful mess we call life, then come join the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at girl meets 30. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and a follow on your preferred listening platform. Thanks again for your support, and I'll catch you guys next week.